You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. church family and welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad to have you today. So our conversation this week is about stewardship and estate planning. The big idea is that we are stewards in God's kingdom. That means that God owns everything in the cosmos. He's entrusted it to us and we should use it for good. We should bless other people and build his kingdom with it. In our culture with a will and proper estate planning, we can even make decisions that will help take those resources and make sure that we're using them to care for our families and bless the kingdom even after we're gone. So our guest this week for the podcast has been Dave Kiesling from Philanthrocore in Colorado Springs. Dave runs a ministry that helps believers walk through the steps of thinking through estate planning and making a will. So Dave Kiesling, we are so glad to have you back on the podcast. Welcome, Dave. Good morning. It's great to be with you, Dave. Let's talk about um, let's talk about estate planning and wills. You know, I know that there's more to estate planning than just you know allocating your financial resources. Uh, what else is involved? Like, uh, you know, uh, there's some decision making. Some, I mean, I, I can't even think of all the terms, but I mean, sure, power of attorney type things. Well, let me let me speak about a will uh, for just a moment because the real name of that document is a last will and testament. But very few of us ever stop to wonder, why, why does it say testament? Why is that part of the title? And the reality is, down through the decades, even centuries, a lot of Christians have left a written testimony of their faith in Christ. And the place to do that typically is in a will, because from a legal standpoint, after you pass away, everybody that's named in a will is going to get to see a copy of it. And so for a family that's interested in leaving a written testimony of their faith in Jesus, um, writing a sentence or two or a paragraph or a page that would be inserted in your will is a wonderful way to leave, um, to leave your family a legacy that, that's very, very meaningful. And so, you know, that's, that's something most people don't think about when it comes to a will, but it's important. Um, and then there are other documents, typically a standard package of documents for someone in Mississippi where probate is easy. You don't need to worry about avoiding probate in Mississippi. It's an administrative thing instead of a legal thing. Uh, but and, and what I mean by getting into that is that if you lived in states where probate was still kind of dicey and expensive, you'd probably need more than just a will. You'd need a revocable living trust as well. But generally, that's not important for Mississippians. But there are other documents that are standard as part of a package that any good attorney would want you to have, because many times we end life with some sort of an incapacity, whether it's a couple of days uh, or, or uh, you know, weeks or months. If we lose the ability to make our own financial and healthcare decisions, it's critically important that we give someone else we trust, like a spouse or an offspring or a friend, authority through one power of attorney, a financial power of attorney, to make financial decisions in our behalf. And then the other power of attorney deals with health care issues. And we tend to think that our spouses automatically have that kind of authority, but they really don't. I mean, if... Um, if, uh, uh, if, if, if I were incapacitated and 
uh, <clears throat> let's say my house is in joint tenancy with my wife, and it is, uh, it, but if I didn't have a power of attorney that I'd given her, let's say the doctor says, Dave, you're going to recover, but it's going to take some expensive therapy. And Marcia thinks, well, I'll go put a second mortgage on the house or something to pay for this. She didn't have the right to do that because I'm the joint tenant of the house and I'm not able to sign. So she'd have to go to court and have me declared legally incompetent, which she might want to do anyway someday. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just a mess. It really is a mess. So powers of attorney are really critical, and they're, they're normally a part of a good attorney's package. And they stop the instant you die. That's when your will kicks in. And then another document that's really important is to have an advanced medical directive. Some states or some attorneys call them uh, directives to physicians or advanced directives. But these are the things that you can sign. Mississippi law has provided for these forms. You can sign saying in the document what you would want to have happen. If you were ever terminally ill, maybe in a vegetative coma, not expected to recover, what do you want to have done with regard to being maintained on life support or with regard to artificial nourishment? For a lot of people, these are not easy decisions, but, but they're important because if you don't make them, then people that you love are going to struggle through what might mom or dad have wanted. And uh, that's so hard for the people you love the most. Dave, I'm a parent of three boys. Uh, you know that, you know, we've talked about my kids. I've uh, got a 10 year old, 12 year old, 14 year old. And, you know, one of the, I guess one of the biggest concerns that I have, you know, is if something happened to both Lindsay and myself, you know, I would want to make sure that we had chosen, you know, the right people to care for my, my, my kids. And, you know, sure. paramount in that for me is that somebody who has a similar Christian worldview that I do, you know, I mean, of all the things that I want me, yes, I want my kids to have a good education. Yes. I want my kids uh, to have financial stability and resources and, you know, good, good mentors. But the primary thing that I want is my kids to know the Lord and to be taught to walk in his path. And so there's, anyway, I, as a, as a dad of three boys, you know, I'm thinking, you know, that it's important for me even to have the opportunity to have some say in, you know, how the courts decide who's going to raise my kids. And a will, Ben, is the only document that enables you to name your desire as to who would raise those kids. You, you can't do it through any informal letter. Um, it has to be done in a will. A, a judge will affirm what you've done in a will. If, uh, and, and even if family members might fuss about it, you know, um, it'll, it'll be upheld if it's done in a will. Okay. One of the other considerations for guardianship for younger couples isn't just let's pick somebody that will raise the kids with our same value system. But depending on the age of your children, when you pass, it might be critically important that you choose somebody that's, that lives nearby. That's part of your immediate community, because as, horrible as it is to think of your boys losing their mom and dad, if they also lose their church community and their neighborhood and the, you know, the kids that they go to school with and all that sort of thing, uh, that's awful as well. And so thinking through carefully, who's the, who's the right choice? And it may not be a family member. It may not be. Uh, they may live so remotely that they don't present themselves as good candidates, or they may not share your value system. 
Sure. So it may, it may be somebody else in church or a neighbor or a friend or. Sure. All right. Well, uh, that man, that's a a good tip. I really appreciate that. Dave last, uh, I guess the last practical question about just, you know, inheritances and wills and whatever is, uh, as a pastor, I mean, I've walked with church families through just kind of the, I mean, honestly, the relational pain of having to handle inheritance when it's all done, you know, sometimes with or without a will, maybe some things weren't clarified, but to be honest with you, sometimes it gets very, very sensitive after mom and dad have passed and the siblings and grandkids are trying to figure out, you know, who gets what and how do we sort and, and I, and I, man, I have this overwhelming sense sometimes that these Christian parents would just be, I mean, to, to use a silly expression, they really would just be rolling over in their grave. You know, if they sure. could see their, the kids that they love, you know, just really torn up this way um, over, over the possessions that were left behind. And I mean, in fact, you know, to the point that, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've told my brothers, you know, when we, when, you know, when mom and dad are gone, you know, I mean, there's some stuff I'm sure that we are all interested in. Cause I love my parents. We love our family. We, but, but I am not, I'm not fighting over anything, nothing. I mean, I just, uh, I want to, you know, I want to love our family and love you guys. And it's not who we want to be. Do you have any advice? I mean, I'm sure you I mean, doing what you do. I'm sure you've seen families have to navigate this a bunch. Do you have any, is there anything that I can do that will help that not happen with my boys? You know, is there anything, anything that Christian families should be doing now to, to kind of prevent that? Um, yeah. Some, some, of, some of the toughest battles within families, within heirs after the parents have died has to do with the things that they leave behind, not the money, but the things. Okay. Grandpa's coffee table and great grandma's Bible and those kind of things. If, um, uh, you know, if you have a will done, the will is going to have a provision. And if it says <clears throat> you very well, very well may leave a separate letter of instruction where you list these things, the gun collection or the special car or whatever, uh, those things can go to specific people above and beyond anything else that the will says. And um, boy, I've seen families fight over. Uh, <laughs> I, I could tell you a story of a of a of a, a, a mother's dress that cost the two daughters a seven million dollar inheritance. When Dad <laughs> saw the fight that those girls got into, they were throwing hissy fits over who was going to get that special dress. And he changed his estate plan. He decided they did not have the maturity or the wisdom or, or the Christian wow. values necessary to uh, merit what he was previously intending to leave them. Wow, Dave, that's a uh, that's that's something. Yeah, you know, it, 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 this doesn't help a lot, but um, you know, there's a passage in Luke's Gospel where Jesus is gathered with people, and a man shouts out from the back of the crowd, "You know, Master, tell my brothers to you know share my parents' inheritance." You know, yeah. and Jesus begins from that point to offer some teachings to Christian people, um, just about how to use your resources for the kingdom and not fall so in love with it that it's that it's going to tear families apart and um, and hurt each other. But Dave, I really, I really appreciate what you do. I appreciate what you've shared with us. Um, and I just want to encourage our church family to be responsible with our time, with our treasure, with our talents, with our families, with our resources and opportunities. And I guess what you've opened my eyes to as much as anything is that in, in our world, you know, the, with the leaving of estate plans and wills, we actually have the opportunity to make decisions in this age that will affect uh, how those resources continue to be used 
for the Lord and our families and for the things that God's given us to do, even after we're gone. And it just takes the discipline to make, make those decisions and make the right decisions. Absolutely. A lot of uh, the folks in your church probably know who Randy Alcorn is. Right. Yes. He started a wonderful ministry called Eternal Perspectives. Um, but Randy's written some great stuff about money. Uh, one book, his first one was The Treasure Principle. The second one was Money, Possessions, and Eternity. Yeah. So if any of your folks haven't run across those books, I'd encourage them to consider ordering them online. But he sent a blog out not long ago with an with an astonishing quote in it. It's just it so perfectly describes this whole stewardship perspective that we as believers need to have. He said, let God decide how much to provide for your adult children. Once they're on their own, the money you've generated under his provision doesn't belong to your children. It belongs to him. After all, he said, if your money manager died, what would you think if he left all of your money to his kids? Hmm. <laughs> That's really worth thinking about. It's a, it's a perfect illustration yeah, wow. of what happens when Christians don't think of what they have accumulated yeah. as belonging to God. Yeah. It's in ours. Hey, just for, and I'll say this, you know, for disclosure, um, I mean, I, you've, you've talked to Lindsay and I about, you know, laying out, we haven't settled our, our will. We should have done that, but you've, you've walked us through some steps and we're getting close on that. But, you know, just to let the church in, I mean, you know, you talked about our three kids taking care of our boys. You, 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 you talked to us about how to establish a trust that would, that would responsibly care for them and meet their needs. And, allow us to divide um, what we have for them in a a responsible way through each of our three boys. And the other thing that I thought was really neat is, and I know this is just kind of generic and you told us to start with prayer and we, you know, and I would encourage every Christian person listening to this to start with prayer and not just do what I, what I'm suggesting here, but it's almost like you, you know, the, uh, the portion of our uh, estate that we at this point have designated for kingdom resources, it's almost like a fourth child for us at this point. You know I mean? Instead of thinking of, you know, allocating, just caring for my kids, caring for my kids and the kingdom. And we're making decisions about, you know, who needs what and what goes where. I just thought that was really a beautiful way to think about taking care of my family in a responsible and appropriate way, also taking care of the kingdom and uh, just making sure that, that, you know, Lynn's and I don't leave a lot of loose ends uh, when we go to meet the Lord. Well, that's a great formula and it's the most commonly chosen formula once the kids are grown. And we ought to probably emphasize that if you and Lindsay died now, while the boys are still young, that fourth share to ministry wouldn't be paid out yet. It that's right. will happen only after they're grown. But, you know, <clears throat> when I think about our own estate plan, I mean, I'm the board, I'm on the board of a crisis pregnancy center. I'm involved at our church. I, uh, a check has gone every month for more than 30 years to some missionaries in Peru. And when I think about why uh, I support them and why they're part of my will, I think, well, you know, I love them or I wouldn't be supporting those things. And that very active, faithful support has made them my dependent. So I can circle back to what we said in the very beginning of this series, that biblical principles that ought to govern our estate planning have to do with love and dependence. And if you're really thinking that way, then it can make a whole lot of sense to treat a small group of ministries as one additional child. It really can. 
Well, Dave, I've taken a lot of your time and uh, I really appreciate your expertise. I know there's probably a great deal more to say, and maybe one day we'll sit down for a follow-up and you can give us, you know, round three of this, but I really do appreciate your expertise and your calling. Thanks, Ben. It's a privilege to be with you. Well, church family, I hope that you've enjoyed what Dave has shared. And I hope that if you do not already have plans for uh, last will and testament for your estate plan, I hope that you'll wrap up those loose ends so that you can make that decision on this side of eternity. I can't wait to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I'm eager to learn all the things that I can be doing now so that I can get there. Church family, I love you. God bless you. If you think this podcast has been encouraging to you, feel free to share it with somebody else who might benefit from what you find here. Thanks. Thanks.